I'm going to call this meeting to order the April 27, 2023 Parks and Rec, um, <laughs> Rec Board. Um, first and foremost, I want to thank everybody. I haven't seen a crowd like this since the discussions of the fire department started, so this is pretty cool. And having this many people concerned with parks and what happens to our parks and the recreation, and more importantly, our kids and our veterans, is outstanding to see. Um, the first thing we would like to do is call the roll, please. Here. Lindsay Muller. Here. Tracy Mann. Here. Corbin Shurman. Carrie Hattrick. Nicole Hamilton. Here. We have a quorum. Not that we can approve anything. And Shane, would you like to lead us in the pledge? Everybody would stand up. Join me in the Pledge of Allegiance. Pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you. Be seated, please. Okay, our first order of business, we're going to uh, speak, have Ms. Hamilton speak from our CRA about... Uh, what we're doing here tonight. Alrighty. So again, can everyone hear me? Uh, no? Can you turn it up, Lori? Let's see. Now can you hear me? I can really talk loud if I need to. Is that better? Okay, I can do it. So tonight, and let me um, echo our chair's comments, it is wonderful as a city staff person to see this many people involved in our parks. We, we do um, events or put on, do projects and the same five or six people show up and I'm so proud that you're all here. It will make for a better park. So the first thing that I want to talk about is the there's a couple of rumors that have been going around on social media and Facebook that I want to dispel right away because I see so many of our veterans here there are no plans to get rid of the veterans memorial none at all nor was there ever any plans, and I don't think Dr. Spina is here. There he is, he's coming in. Back in 2016, when we started looking at the Zephyr Park plan, welcome Dr. Spina. Um, I had a very smart city manager tell me at the time, don't touch the Veterans Memorial. And I stayed true to that. We haven't messed with it. So, when we're finished with the park, the Veterans Memorial, the flagpole, all of that will still be there. Nothing's going to change. So I don't want anyone to worry about that. It's staying. Um, the WPA bridge and fountain, the fountains that were created back during the WPA, that is what makes, that is one of the many things that makes that park so unique. We will honor those items. 
We will cherish them. That is our history. Nobody's moving them. We're lucky enough that over since the 30s, the city has kept them, pushed them aside, and just kept them. They're there, and we're going to use them. They will be part of the new plan somehow, some way. In that design, it'll be there. But tonight, what I'm looking for and what advisory board is looking for is this is a first of series of meetings to look at our park, our largest park. It's about 50-something acres. Um, and what we're going to do with it. Back in 2016, when we started the plans for um, the project, we did several public meetings. We did an online survey. We had 800 responses uh, on the online survey, which is pretty amazing back in 2016. We started in 2016. We went 2017. We went 2018. There were many iterations. But my question to you tonight is, the comments that we received in 2016 and 2017 and 18 of what we liked about the park and what we didn't like about the park, I need to know if those still ring true. If that's still something, the things that people said they wanted, do we still want those things? We have a huge room of people who have been all over the world. Are there things that we didn't think of in 2016 or 2017 that we need to add to the park? There will be multiple meetings. We'll take the comments from tonight. We'll create some concepts, some ideas for you to look at and, and have public comment on. And then we'll go from there. This is the start of the Zephyr Park plan. One of the reasons that we started this is we're looking for money. We're looking for grants. We have a $5 million appropriations request for Zephyr Park in the state legislature right now. Every grant, every appropriation, everything that we're looking at wants a shovel-ready project. I don't have a shovel-ready project. I have some pictures from 2016, 2017. So we're looking for input. We want to create these construction documents so that we can go after money. And even if we don't get money, we don't get a grant. The city will have the opportunity to budget money every year and build the park the way we want it built. So that's what we're here for. I want your input. I want to hear what you like about the park, what you don't like. James is going to go over the comments that we received from the public input back in 2016, 2017. But there's also one thing that I want you to think about. We're close to breaking ground on Hercules, on Hercules Park, which is behind the Culvers and the Wawa. It's an incredible park, an incredible, we have built a splash pad or designed a splash pad that plays off the history of the Hercules Powder Company and the workers that work there. Is, and in the comments that you'll see tonight, a large, um, splash pad was included in Zephyr Park. So do we need two, do we need two large um, splash pads? I'm looking for answers on that. Does, does it need one as much as Hercules? Yes. 
So, and, and those are, you know, that's what I'm looking for. There are, 11, there's an 11,000 square foot area kind of designed or looked at for the children's play area in Zephyr Park. Some of the comments that we received um, said that we were trying to uh, decrease the size of the children's play area. It'll be three times larger than it is now. So all of these things, we're looking for input. James is going to go over the comments. Tell us what you think. If you don't want to stand up tonight and say something or somebody, you think of something when you leave on your way home. I'm, I'm on the city's website. Send us an email. Let us know what you think. Because together, with everyone's input and everyone's experience, we can build a park that will be phenomenal for this community. So thank you again for coming. I'm going to turn it over to James. He's going to talk about some of the comments we received in the past. And then we'll take your comments as well. OK? Can you hear me okay, everybody? Great. I'm not sure if I'm as loud as Gail, so just let me know if I need to speak up. Um, and I also assume that applause was for Gail and not me, but that's fine. Um, it's a pleasure to be here tonight. Um, as Gail mentioned, we have had a lot of history on the park in terms of the design um, and the history to date. As we're pulling up the presentation here, we'll give it just a second. But in, in order to understand, I think, where we want to go with the park as a community, it's important to understand where we've been, the input that we've received to date, and what sort of input led to some of the decisions that we made on the, on the previous master plan. There we go. Perfect. Next slide, please. Sorry that my back is to you. No, you're good. Okay. Uh, so for our agenda tonight, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the project history and the timeline, um, what we did back starting in 2016 to where we are today. We'll review some of the survey results that we did receive um, during the public online survey as well as the open houses that we uh, facilitated. We had um, a number of attendees in person at the open houses as well as, as Gail mentioned, over 800 um, online survey results. Uh, we'll touch briefly on the conceptual master plan that was created and then we're going to talk about the existing conditions of the park today, look at the program elements that are there and how some of the results that we heard from the online survey can tie into uh, a park renovation plan. And then we'll discuss next steps and then open it up for public uh, comment and question. Next slide, please. <coughs> so from a project timeline standpoint, back in May of 2016, we, we did the online survey. We had a series of, of open houses. Um, from May to June of 2016, we compiled those results and then we presented those um, in mid-June or late June of 2016. Based on the input that we received in that presentation, we developed some early concept diagrams and then ultimately presented that as a conceptual uh, master plan in November, um, late November of 2016. Um, we did some minor modifications to that master plan, and that's the plan that many of you have seen um, that was initially uh, uh, shown on the, on the flyer for this, this, this evening's <coughs> meeting. But that's kind of where we left off in 2018. So tonight, again, we'd like to review the results and then discuss next steps uh, for moving forward. Next slide, please. Uh, one more. 
so we did receive a number of uh, really good responses and, and uh, results from, from our meeting. We, we like to ask people in one word, how would you describe Zephyr Park today? And you can see some of the responses that we got at the time. We also like to ask people, what would, how do you envision Zephyr Park for the future? Next slide. And you can see some of the contrasting responses that you have um, here. A lot of, I think, really uh, positive responses in terms of how people would envision the park for the future. Jen, yes. Can we go back yeah. one slide? So let's all agree or let's put in, um, I don't know, a sh if anybody has anything that they don't see up here. So today, and you think about the existing park today, do you agree with those comments? That it's lackluster. It needs, I don't know about needing a pier. Um, but, um, but we took the comments exactly as they came in. It's a poor layout. It's not kept up. It's haphazard and ugly. It's worn down. Oh, I mean, we can say that. But it's still a great park and just needs some polish and, and some planning and some well thought out planning. So, so it has great bones and kudos to the city for keeping the park all these years that they've kept it apart and and before i was so am amazed at the amount of people that were here i forgot my manners um i need to introduce our elected officials um mayor melanie monson councilman steve spinna councilman lance smith councilman charlie proctor and Councilman or Councilwoman Jody Wilkerson. So thank you all for giving up another night of your week to participate in this meeting. And I also need to say that as CRA staff, I can say a lot of things. I can, you know, look at it and give you ideas. But the final say and how we do this will fall to the elected officials. It's not city staffs job to, we'll give them a recommendation, we'll give a recommendation to the Parks Advisory Board, but how we do this ultimately comes down to uh, someone else. Oh, that's right, and I shouldn't forget our illustrious city manager, Billy Pope. <laughs> so I'm sorry I bogarted the mic from James, but so as we look at the future, are those things that we want. We want updated programming. We want to more modernize it. Do we need a bandstand? Handicap accessible. All of those things, I can't imagine anybody saying, no, we don't want that. Those are great comments. So again, we want to get, we want to update this. We want to see again if it's true in 2023 as it was when we did this back in 2016, 2017. All right, I'm going to try. <laughs> Next slide, please. 
Uh, we had opportunities for the public to provide open comments. Um, again, you can see a lot of the comments that we received um, back in 2016. And again, I think a lot of them, some of them may not be you know, current thinking, but a lot of them probably ring fairly true in terms of what you envision for your park um, as of today. Next slide, please. From a demographic standpoint, we tried to understand where people live relative to the park, how they get to the park. You can see from the graph here, the majority of people um, are arriving uh, via car uh, or automobile, so we need to make sure that we have ample parking and convenient parking for park visitors. Next slide, please. We asked people who do they bring to the park? Um, children, no children. Again, you can kind of see the breakdown of, of the park visitors based on the graph here. Next slide. We did a number of uh, visual preference um, survey uh, uh, boards, things focusing around playgrounds, splash pads, you'll see all of these. So as we run through the next series of slides, ask yourselves, are these still valid program elements? Is this still what you would like to see in your park um, as we move forward? So from a playground standpoint, we looked at a number of different types of playgrounds, different equipment, different features. You can see based on the responses, about 42%, the majority in this case, preferred kind of the modern play equipment that you see in the upper right um, corner of the images. Next slide, please. We talked about splash pads and water play, you know, enhancing the existing feature that's out there today and expanding upon that. Um, we gave a number of different options and you can see the preferred option was the sort of integrated splash pad feature that you see in the lower right of the image board there. So things with, you know, mounds and structures and built-in uh, water play equipment. Next slide, please. Um, we had opportunities for integrating water and public art, you know, Zephyr Hills being the city of pure water. How can we express that from an art and layout standpoint? So there was a number of, I think, great opportunities to kind of express that as um, that water theme through different public art and different features within the park. Next slide. Next slide. We looked at opportunities to celebrate the lake. Um, you know, when you drive um, across and you're looking across the park, you can see kind of a view of the bridge that crosses there. And so maybe creating some terracing or some waterfalls that helps accent that view, providing some bridge structures that help frame that view, and then maybe even lake fountains. So that's what we were um, trying to understand with this slide here. Next slide. So, so far, do some of these elements still ring true to everybody? Are these still features that you'd like to see included? <coughs> No? Some yes, some no? Okay. Next slide. We talked about stormwater management, you know, making sure that from a citywide standpoint that we're providing opportunities to treat the water, to provide clean water as it goes through the lake and then um, works its way out through the stormwater system. So I get that. Oh, great. Thank you. Excellent. Thanks. From a structure standpoint, you know, we looked at different pavilion options, um, contemporary versus more traditional. You can see the um, preference was for the option like you see on the lower left there that's shaded in green. Something that kind of resembles what's out there today, but maybe utilizing some of the limestone features that's in some other structures. That also ties back to the WPA monuments that are um, uh, located within the park. So from a theming standpoint, kind of repeating those similar elements. We looked at different shade structures um, to cover the playground areas, some, some that are very contemporary versus some that are a little more traditional. Again, in this case, so the preference was for something more traditional like you see on the lower left side. 
from a band shell standpoint, looking for opportunities for um, band shells where people can gather for concerts or movies in the park. We showed a number of different features and you can see the preferred options here on the middle, middle right and lower left hand side. And then we also looked at a number of different miscellaneous elements such as um, you know, expanding the picnic areas, maybe botanical gardens or walking areas, kayak rentals um, to go throughout the lake, really a number of different park features and this kind of shows you the responses that we got to those. Again, from a demographic standpoint, we tried to understand how often people currently, and again, this is going back to 2016, but at the time, how often do you visit Zephyr Park? And you can see the responses there. Um, a lot of people about once a month, and a lot of people about once a week visit the park. Understanding, and, and certainly daily too, and understanding when people go there. A lot of uh, strong preference for afternoon visits during the weekdays as well as weekends. So that tells us from a design standpoint, as people are there in the afternoon, we need to make sure that we're providing shade so that people can be out there um, comfortable, gathering, walking, providing shaded pathways, et cetera. Again, how do we get to the park? Uh, overwhelming response for uh, vehicular traffic to get us to the park. Who are you attending the park with? Number of people and, and rough uh, in terms of number of age. whether people are going to the park with a dog or without a dog, so about 40% with a dog in this case, back in 2016. And then how long did you stay at the park? Um, overwhelmingly, the majority was for about 30 to 60 minutes or up to about 90 minutes. So what sort of things can we provide that would help people stay at the park longer and really enjoy it? And again, things like shade and other activities um, would certainly allow people to stay there longer. This gives you an idea of the primary activities. A lot of people are there for walking and exercise, um, for the playground, for the splash pad, family celebrations, a nice mix of uses there. And then we asked, you know, from a sort of creature comfort standpoint, what is important to you when you visit the park? You can see the very important items like the restroom, trees, playground, and then maybe the less important, the formal gardens, um, art sculptures, internet access. Again, at the time, back in 2016, this is sort of the spectrum of responses that we received. We asked people to rate the quality of each park within the item. Uh, from a poor standpoint, you can see the responses there, fair and good. That gives us an idea of where we may be, um, as we redesign and look at providing new features, where we need to understand uh, the city needs to maybe invest in some more maintenance making sure from a design and specification standpoint that we're providing stuff that's maintainable by the city that can be easily maintained by them. And how did you first hear about Zephyr Park? Most people from local knowledge standpoint. Again, another open-ended question, what, would, what improvements would you like to see within the park? You can kind of read these on your own, but again, I think a lot of these responses are probably maybe similar to what you might respond to today. So as we gathered all that input back again in 2016, we developed a series of initial master plan concepts. We're not going to spend a lot of time on this, but this was the result of that concept. There's a mix of spaces, walking trails. Uh, we have expanded playground as well as splash pad. We had history gardens over here on the lower left and botanical areas, event lawn, 
Um, again, kind of a mix of spaces. Um, so whether or not this is in, in the correct layout or the exact features that you still want to include, that's what we're here to gather tonight and to try to understand some of that input from you. Um, from an existing condition standpoint, this is Zephyr Park as it is today. You can see Alice Hall there adjacent to Fifth Avenue on the right-hand side. You can see the picnic shelters and the walking paths and circulation. The tennis courts are on the right-hand side of the screen with the handball. As you move around, we have existing playground features as well as the splash pad. The Veterans Memorial sort of in the center uh, bottom of the park there along the peninsula. And then again, you can see the walking paths that kind of circulate around the, the perimeter of the, of the park with the fitness nodes and other structures. So a lot of that, you know, what we showed on the proposed master plan incorporated a lot of this, but then expanded on it. So I think from tonight's standpoint, what we'd like to understand from the Parks Advisory Board certainly is next steps and moving forward. I think, you know, listening to the audience tonight, we had some elements that sound like they're still relative and still adequate and still desired by the community. There may be some that have changed. So we really want to get your input in terms of understanding those, which will give us direction to maybe move forward with a revised concept. Yeah, do you want to discuss further? So we kind of gave you an overview, all of you an overview of how we got to where we are today and, and what we've been, what has happened and what input we've taken on, on the park. So again, this is the first of many meetings as we refine in 2023 what we want to see at the park. So if this is the beginning of it. Um, Chair, if you would like to start off and, and provide some comment to us. I'm curious from the surveys and all the information you gathered, how you got from that to the elimination of Alice Hall and the tennis courts. Okay, I'm glad you... So let me clarify for everybody in the room, the Veterans Memorial is not moving. The tennis courts are not being discussed to be relocated. And Alice Hall, that conversation will be a completely different conversation. And that's a determination of, does it need to remain where it is and be renovated? Or do we do a demo and rebuild at either in the same location a, a spot at Zephyr Park or at a different park. Part of that will be addressed through a parks master plan um, that's been discussed amongst the council. It is on my list for this upcoming fiscal year to present to council. So there will be a parks master plan, a, a parks study that's done that will lay out all the needs. But again, the Veterans Memorial is not being moved. The tennis courts are not being removed. And Alice Hall is a future discussion on is it a renovation or a rebuild so that's i don't know hopefully that answers your that question is, and a lot of answers a lot questions, of questions yeah. in yes sir i'm a vietnam vet and when i come home from vietnam james bond attracts and the news that we heard about it yeah. we were going to be trashed as a vietnam vet Yes, and I'm so sorry that the, that rumor got started and... So, so, so let me just, I'll prolong the meeting longer. Anybody knows me knows I like to talk and go off the rails a little bit. So there was a conversation about the possibility of relocating 
the Veterans Memorial to Veterans Park. It was a conversation. Um, I will tell you, my dad was a, is a, was a veteran. Um, there's a bench, a memorial bench at Zephyr Park uh, in his honor. So I'm 100% vested in honoring the veterans and thank you for your service. Um, it was never the intent to dishonor or um, disgrace any of the veterans. There was a conversation about relocating to Veterans Park. Um, you know, as you know, there's a park named for veterans. Let's have a memorial there. So the conversation was, does it make sense to move that? Um, I think we've heard that that's not a conversation that we need to be having right now. So that has been tabled. Oh, <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yes. So no worries about the Veterans Memorial, the flagpole, all of that is staying. Okay? So. And, and I also, to play off of what Billy just said, think about the economy and how it was in 2016 and what it is today. In 2016, I couldn't get a developer or a real estate person to look at downtown or we were having conversations with businesses that said they couldn't get anybody to look at their jobs because there was nowhere to live. We had no apartments. Well, in 2023, you can't throw a baseball without hitting an apartment. So that issue's kind of been taken care of. The economy's kind of taken care of that for us. So again, this is the beginning of the discussion of what we're going to do at Zephyr Park. It is a beautiful park. It is our central park. And we need to make sure that what we do to it not only honors the current residents, but our past residents and our future residents as well. It, it's got to be, a, a, it's going to be a great place. So, Chair, you've spoken. <laughs> Member uh, Tracy, would you like to say something? First of all, I do want to say that we had no clue prior to everyone else knowing that this was actually going on. So. We are all kind of in the same boat you are. I don't want you to think any of us had any additional information before you did. That's great. And That's great. like the veterans, my father was a veteran. My father-in-law was a veteran. I have my son as acting serviceman now. So that was my number one concern as well. And I'm really glad to hear that that's not happening. My second thing is we all need to remember this is for our community and for the children. So whatever we say, please think about how you say it and how it may come across. Because ever since I moved to Zephyr Hills when I was 10 years old, and I've been here now for almost 50 years, I have seen the growth in Zephyr Hills, and there needs to be places for the children. And that's what all of you are here today for. So please, think about what you're saying, how you're saying it, and what you really want to make it better. Not that Zephyr Park isn't for adults, don't get me wrong, but it starts from the little ones to go on up. Thank you. Mr. Sherman. Uh, I just, I want to reiterate what, I just want to reiterate what Ms. Mahan said. Um, 
we didn't know anything in advance. Uh, I actually, I don't have social media, so I found out from coworkers at the middle school. Did you see this? Um, but uh, yeah, I, I'm a lifelong resident, born and raised here. I have uh, veteran roots that run deep through my family too. And there, that I'm pretty sure that would be unanimous across the board that we wouldn't let anything happen to it. So, um, and I see whatever we do, we do need to find something that's a mix for adults and for children. Um, and I specifically work at the middle school, so I work with the age that a lot of time is forgotten. Um, so I want to kind of look at something because the new park is going to have um, uh, be more geared towards the younger crowd. Um, try to find some stuff that we can put in for the middle school and high school age kids. So that's kind of where I'm coming from in this. Thank you. Uh, that's, that's included that's, in all of it. That is correct. Yeah. Um, I, I can concur that we, uh, at the time that this all hit social media, it hit our desk <laughs> at the same time. Um, and, you know, looking at it, my family goes to it all the time. We're constantly at the splash pad. You know, I, I have a two and three year old and a 19 year old. <laughs> Um, so I understand having been here since 2014, we moved from Dade City, Dade City that has tons of events and tons of, you know, and they're doing a restructure too to rebrand and do more for the kids. And I'm excited to see that we are essentially doing the same and trying to incorporate more. Um, but also, you know, at the same time, um, honoring what's already there because my family is full of veterans. I'm a veteran, you know, so, um, I would like to see all of that in incorporated here, and that's something that I'm going to be looking for, um, you know, especially kids, but also all kids, not, you know, like ADA. <laughs> um, thank you. So, one more go. Oh, I'm sorry. Nicole, I'm sorry. Uh, everyone has literally said everything I was going to say. It's, I right. feel the same way. Thank you. So now we get to the to the good part. Who wants to? Ask? If you come up, you'll need to say your name and address, please. Gail, she's already got some people that have signed up. Just oh, okay. I'm post. sorry. Thank you, Amy. Can you call off the Luther Goodwin? Thank you very much. Uh, good evening, uh, board members, uh, city manager, um, and officials as well. Thank you for having us. And uh, I applaud all you, uh, you veterans. Uh, it's just astronomical, the work that has, has come about from that organization and all your years of service. I appreciate that very much. I, I personally am not a veteran. Our son is a veteran. But this evening, I want to direct my uh, comments to the Zephyr Park Redevelopment Proposal and to the Parks and Recreation Advisory Board for the City of Zephyr Hills. As I say, my name is Luther Goodwin. My address is 11451 Sally Road, Dade City, Florida. In your mission statement, it says that you are to provide clean and safe parks 
facilities, open spaces, and leisure activities for the citizens and visitors of Zephyr Hills. The proposed redevelopment study and map rendering of a new and different layout of the park actually takes away much of the current land use in that it reduces or eliminates some of it altogether. My family and I have used Zephyr Park for various activities for nearly 50 years. I speak more particularly now about the tennis courts that perhaps would be missing from that picture. However, I have just heard from City Manager Poe that that's not the case, so thank you. These courts have been a longtime landmark of the community. I personally use them, uh, use the tennis courts some three times a week for all these years and continue to do so for my health and recreational needs. They are a valuable asset to the city where lifelong friendships have been made. The city is currently bursting at the seams and surrounded by new home developments that are bringing thousands of new families that will be looking for these open spaces and leisure activities to be a part of their resettlement process. May I remind you of the, remor the memorial, memorial plaques at the park of persons like Barry Rhodes, Clay Potter, and of course Lyle and Adele McCannon, who dedicated hour, hundreds of hours of their time to the youth here at these courts. Tennis clinics, of course, have been held for children and youth for many, many years at no cost to the families. I realize now that we have the Sarah Vandenberg Tennis Center available to those that can't afford the various costs associated with the different activities. However, most of the people that frequent the Zephyr Park for recreational purposes cannot afford those luxuries. Therefore, I implore you to look for other avenues for some of the proposed changes and leave the tennis courts intact for the continued enjoyment of those permanent residents as well as our northern friends that commute back each spring. Remember, life is all about relationships. I respectfully submit this, my input, to the Parks and Recreations Board this day. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mr. Goodwin, and I just want to remind everyone again, tennis courts aren't going anywhere, the Veterans Memorial's not going anywhere, Thank so, and Alice Hall, we're still studying, so I just want to make sure that you understand that. The next person? You go ahead and get the next person, I'll set the clock. Erica Freeman. Do I have to do my name and uh, address like normal? Okay. <laughs> okay, so I'm Erica Freeman, 37519 8th Avenue, Zephyr Hills, Florida. It's important to preserve history. It's important to remember our youth are our future and give them the best possible spark. It's great to keep the splash pad and important to have larger playgrounds. But my biggest concern with our parks is upkeep. We don't maintain what we have. We just let it sit broken and rot until it gets removed. The empty spot helps nobody and it's cruel. It's cruel to give things only to have them taken away because we don't maintain them. Obviously renovations and overhauls aren't cheap. How do we know these much needed beautiful renovations won't suffer the same fate? 
Do we need more money, more payroll, more resources, student volunteers, adult volunteers? Maybe go back to having live-in caretakers? <laughs> A well-maintained park demands more respect from those who use it, and popular parks have less problems from the bad element. How can we turn our neighborhood parks into city-wide assets for generations to come? Thank you. Barry Hershevitz. My wife put my name down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, Barry, give us your input. That's right, Barry. Does that make it easier for you? My name is Barry Hershevitz. Where is my address? 4416 Century Palm Loop, Zephyr Hills. Yeah, to be honest with you, it's a surprise, too, to hear that the courts were coming down. That's why I'm here. But it's great to hear that the future is growing and things are happening for the kids. I've been at the court for probably 25 years. And one of the probably most important time that I had there was working with Sarah Vanderberg. So when I hear the courts are going to go down, it bothered me. Um, now they're not, thank you. But I worked with Sarah and some of the other kids, Chris Black and a few other kids that, um, matter of fact, one of the ladies that I played tennis with, Peggy's here, and we played doubles against Chris Black. And it's just a great memory to have that. So we just don't want to see the courts coming down. I'm there maybe three times a week, if not four times a week. I'm there. We have the um, snowbirds coming down. Courts are full. So. I was here really, I was angry, but um, now that I'm not angry, thank you for, <laughs> but thank you for what you're doing. Keep the courts there and, and, and improvement is important. So thank you for allowing me to say a few words. Thank you, I appreciate it. James Stevens. James Stevens. It's your you turn. Page a little bit already. <laughs> That's resolved, though. Okay. That's right. My name is James Stevens. I live at 35332 Whispering Pines Drive. You heard my piece about the veterans because I am a Vietnam veteran. But I did want to add things. My wife and I, up until about a year ago when she got real sick, we used to walk there every other week, sometimes twice a week. And what we missed was you always had the little kids there. And you had the adults. What about the ones in the middle? How about the teenagers? There was nothing for them that we could see. And I think that needs to be met. Thank, Thank you. you. Andrew Frazier. Andrew Frazier. <coughs> I'd like to thank everybody for the opportunity to say my piece about Zephyr Hills. It's not just about the park. I am currently the existing commandant of the Michael S. Curtin Detachment 1124 of the Marine Corps League. And I've lived here in Zephyr Hills for about eight years. My address is 34605 Sandy Pine Court in Lake Bernadette. And I was, glad, I was glad to hear that the, the Veterans Memorial and the area for the veterans is not going to be torn down. And we're hoping that 
the park will develop some things for our teenagers to do. Um, they're at their vulnerable years. They're their indecisive years on what they want to do. And this is the most important time for them to have structure in their lives. Some of them don't consider the military an option like I did when I started. I'm a veteran, a Vietnam veteran and from the Marine Corps. I'm also a retired corrections officer. Along with maintaining the parks, there also needs to be some sort of a police presence to keep the riffraff from tearing the place up. So I'm hoping that the city will work on getting some more police, get them active, make them present, not so much as parking the car at Walmart or around the corner from the school with nobody in them, but riding around and seeing what's going on, especially in the parks. We moved here in eight, eight years ago, and I consider Zephyr Hills Florida's best, help, best kept secret. I love this place. It's quiet. It's peaceful. It's within the Tampa metropolitan area, and I love Tampa. To me, it's the best area to live in in Florida. And Zephyr Hills is like the keystone. You can, we can make this city work with help from everybody and from our officials. Thank you. Gary Metz. If you'll say your name and address, please. My name is Gary Metz. I live at 3325 Sandy Drive in Zephyr Hills. I'm no speaker. <laughs> but I visit the park two or three days a week. Um, I sit in the little pavilion there that's by the splash pad. And I do some crafting, artwork, and I've got friends with me. Um, I've got to know the park real well. And I love its di diversity, the, the people that are there. Uh, I've got to know so many people that are there on a daily basis or a few times a week. Um, it is in need in repairs. It needs repairs. But I've also got to know the maintenance people. And I got to know them pretty well. And they are stressed. They are... There's, there's not enough of them. They work hard, they're uh, cutting limbs, painting buildings and structures, but it, it's a lot to keep up with. And, and they'll tell you, they, they don't have the manpower to keep up. So uh, another point about the pavilions, that on the weekends, they have birthday parties in there, I think every weekend, and they have a good time. And then they leave, and people do so-so job of cleaning up, but there's duct tape and glitter and all kinds of things hanging down. Uh, again, that's something else that they have to keep up with. So I don't know if it uh, would be a possibility to have some type of deposit before people come in. And, of course, that means they'd have to rent it out at a certain time, but just a thought there. All right, I wrote it down. 
Uh, other than that, I'd I'd like to see it. Well, I've been lucky enough to be a lot of parks around the country, and there's always the best ones always have focal points of you know maybe large artworks or you see the big steel cows all painted differently or something or, or a very artful fountain or something like that some focal points <coughs> anyway that's me thank you sir yeah. Wendy Henderson say your name and address please thank you my name is Wendy Henderson. I live at 5041 Anthony Court um, over in Lakeview. Um, I've been coming down here, well, I moved down here in 2015 to take care of two veterans. I'm a veteran myself. Um, I love the park. My granddaughter loves the park. She's kind of grown up in that park, and it's a wonderful thing. She likes to splash pad and all of that. The only question I have is I agree with keeping the memorial there, but there's something else that we're kind of missing that could help the teenagers as well and the junior high kids as well. Why don't we teach them about a good way to help with, I don't want to say help the planet, but help with like our waste. We have so much of our, um, like our fruits, our vegetables, our, you know, things that we throw away. Why don't we start a garden and use all of that stuff, recycling it and make a compost Thing, bring it in if we're I mean it's bad to, I hate to say this but if we're not going to use the veterans park why don't we take a small section of the veterans park and just let it be a community thing because I've seen the size of the veterans park so that would be a beautiful area to go in there right and it's out there in the Sun it's beautifully located it's not it doesn't get a lot of uh, water damage there and stuff like that not too much anyways but if we put the garden in there then we could have our youth go in there and work on it, everything from kindergartners on up. I mean, they've got a lot of preschool programs that do gardens. So you can teach the kids how to do it and everybody bring in, you know, their compost for the week or whatever. So that was my theory because I thought there was a garden in Zephyr Hills, but apparently there's not. So. <laughs> the, the hospital has one. Yeah. But is that a public one? Yes. Okay, because I didn't even hear about that one until about a week ago. <laughs> But just, yeah, just for an extra thought, use some space and get rid of, save on the waste and the trash. Good idea. Thank you. Andrew, I'm trying to get your last name right. Andrew. Maggie. Maggie. Say your name and address. Andrew Nagy, 5548 23rd Street. Uh, kind of threw away from what I was going to speak on. I'm confused. As of about an hour ago, with the community redevelopment meetings and the city council meetings, the implication was that there was going to be some stuff done with Veterans Park. That is a matter of public record. If anybody cares to read the minutes from the council meetings over the last five or six months. So I'm confused. Like President Reagan said, trust but verify. 
I will be at city council meetings and the community redevelopment meetings to make sure that that vow tonight is honored. Now, I would like to say a little bit about the Veterans Memorial Walkway. Good evening, Mr. Council President, Council Members, Mr. Chairman. Tonight, I would like to address our, the veterans of our community, concerns about the Veteran Memorial Walkway, the dedicated bricks and the bench, and the Purple Heart Memorial. The names on those bricks were paid for with the sweat. All veterans know about the sweat we went through. The blood, hence the Purple Heart Memorial. And some of the names on those bricks made the ultimate sacrifice and gave their life defending our country, fighting for us. When you decide to either dig up and toss on the trash heap or move it to another site, please keep in mind they did not die in vain. Thank you. Nick Defford. Ford. Michelle Gord. Guard. You go right ahead. You're in. You're amongst friends. You just say what you need to say, but make sure you say your name and address. Hello, I'm Michelle Gard. My address is 7011 Ryman Loop. Um, I attend Zephyr Park daily. I take my grandbabies there every day after school, and we spend between an hour and a half to two and a half hours there because their mom works at the um, nursing home rehab center right next door. So it's perfect for us to go there every day and spend time, you know, as a family playing and enjoying the park. Um, we go to the back park off of B Avenue. So in the proposed changes, that park has been eliminated. That playground has been eliminated. We use that park every day, um, Monday through Friday. Um, my other concern is I am there every day, and I have seen the same group of people there, sorry, I'm losing my words, of homeless people living there every day. They used to attend and stay underneath the one pavilion in the center every day. Now they've congregated over to this pavilion, which is where we hang out at. Um, and they're troublemakers. They are constantly trying to fight with people and cause problems with people on a daily, and something needs to be done with the police presence to help clear them out. I just, there is none. Exactly, over the year, over the year and a half that I have been there, Monday through Friday, granted, you know, we have holidays, spring break, the kids aren't there, so we don't go. Um, over the year and a half that I have been there, I have seen two times, on two different occasions, police presence. They come in, they loop around the big trees, and they leave. 
So that is definitely something that needs, needs to be addressed. I myself am there, and um, I see the same families there once or twice a week. I see new faces there. So that park needs to be kept in there. Thank you. Jan Spivey. I'm sorry. Jan Spivey. Jan Spivey. Hey, Ms. Spivey, if you'll just say your name and address for us. Gotcha. My name is Jan Spivey. I live at 3105 Diana Drive. 42 year resident of Zephyr Hills. Raised my kids here, going to Zephyr Park. Raised my grandkids here, going to Zephyr Park. We love that park, just as it is, except the bathrooms. <laughs> the bathrooms are horrible. They need to be torn down and rebuilt. Everything else is great about that park. Everybody loves that park. Now, I will tell you where $5 million needs to be spent. Oh. <laughs> Cruising Park is horrible. I am the president of Zephyr Hills Little League. I've been with the league since 1981. We played at Cruising Park back in the day before they moved us out to San Pasco, where we had a couple more fields. We have outgrown San Pasco, and we are having to pay $18,000 to rent the fields for the year. It's ridiculous. We had to reserve cruising to do practices because we don't have enough fields to practice on. And still, they don't get enough. You know, I, I've, I've talked to people every day. We would love to move back to cruising. There's room over there to build at least three more fields. There's already the concession. All we need is a building to put our stuff in. That's it. And three more fields. And lights. <laughs> and the clay drug. <laughs> the clay is hard as a brick. That is what I think. Thank you. Sean Silcat. Hey, Sean, if you'll just say your name and address. Uh, Sean Cat, 7323 Andre Drive. Um, we've kind of nailed a lot of stuff for the reason I'm here. Um, as a veteran myself, what I don't like is the communication. How did y'all not know what was going on before it hit social media? Like, where, where, are, we, where are we missing the boat? We walk Zephyr Park at least once or twice a week, and we need more stuff for the kids in town, guys. I own AOK Family Fun Center downtown. I can only cater to so many, right? So we need free activities for this town. As we grow, we can't forget about who's here already. And I'm telling you right now, a lot of families can't afford to go out every week. They can't afford to go walk the park. We've got to stay focused. It sucks that it took a Facebook post to get everybody here, it does, myself included, right? I will be more involved. 
I urge all of you to be more involved because we're missing the boat. We're missing the boat. So the last thing, my, my only word, is communication. Let's all get better about it, us included. All right? Thank you, guys. Eileen Westerman, 5522 17th Street. I sit on the uh, Historic Preservation Board for the city. I'm the founding president for Main Street, and uh, my dad was the caretaker for Captain Jeffrey's house. We did the original restoration of it, and I kind of want to touch base just a little bit on Alice Hall. Um, she was voted uh, top Floridian when, during her day, uh, and in 2000 is when she passed away, but that Alice Hall is named after her. It's not just Alice Hall. And to do away with something, it's doing away with your history. And so tear it down. I've restored 28 historic houses and buildings, everything from a log cabin to a, a three-story Andorotic grocery store. I haven't looked at the building, but it would make a great Boys and Girls Club. It's centrally located. It could also be a substation for the police department where they could go and have a presence there in the park. Um, and the other thing that it could possibly be is a snack bar. I mean, it does need more windows because it is kind of closed off, but it would be a great place for a mural. This Zephyr Park is like the jewel of in the middle of the city. When you drive into it, it's one of the first things you see. So the I looked, talked to Gail about it too, about the tennis courts. A lot of things actually have advertisements, but you could have a pretty scene with a gator with a, you know, tennis ball or something. And pickleball is like the fastest growing sport in the United States. Uh, for your safety, I don't play that. <laughs> <laughs> they, they also have like a wedding venue on there. Okay, I've been married three times. It's probably not a thing we really need. And then the last thing was dog parks. I actually uh, work for Southeastern Guide Dogs, and we're not allowed to use dog parks. Uh, I've shown dogs, bred dogs, raised dogs. The AKC does not recommend you using them. We already have dog parks out by the ball field. Um, they say that at least once a month there will be a dog fight, and once a year dog will actually die in a dog park because not everybody's dogs are well-behaved. So I'm kind of would say those things I'd leave out. But otherwise, we do have a gem. And when I looked at Plant City, we are a fast-growing city. We do need more staff. And it needs to be subdivided, that you're in charge of Zephyr Park, even Times Square, the ballparks. It needs to have more people, which means more staff. Thank you. Thank you. Your name and address? Uh, oh, my name. <laughs> Shane Barker, uh, live in uh, Dade City, 14232 17th Street in Dade City. Um, I'm super excited that everyone's here, whether it was for angry reasons or good reasons or everything in between. This is important. 
so thank you guys for taking your time, skipping dinner maybe, and coming here and participating. Thank you, Sean, local business owners. Thank you all the dignitaries that are spending time. Uh, I put together a little survey because when the first image was put up on social media, there was like 700, 700 comments uh, in about 38 minutes. Um, so I thought, man, this is going to be tough. Uh, for everyone to kind of hear. So I put a, I put together a silly little survey that I've had 200 responses for. Um, and the beautiful thing is, is that the work that's been done in 2016, like she was saying at the beginning of the meeting, a lot of this stuff just hasn't been done yet. A lot of the work hasn't been done. Uh, it's good to hear that a lot of what the survey response is has already been taken care of. Um, just to speak specifically on a couple things, there was a lot of... Uh, survey responses for disc golf that's been talked about in parks. Uh, I'm eager to listen to Steve uh, and um, understand that a, a master plan might be beneficial. This Hercules Park that we're about to break ground on is going to have some of these things that we're looking for. So when it's right in front of us, we want all those things. But when we know it's about to be here, that may change our mind of what's going to be in this park. Uh, so I just want to make sure everyone's mindful of that. Uh, if anyone wants a copy of the survey, but I've brought a couple copies, I'd be more than willing to share it. Um, but other than that, I think disc golf would be great in Zephyr Hills in the, in the area somewhere, somehow. Maybe not in a park where there's walking trails and bike trails, because that, that could get dangerous. But that's, uh, that's all I got. Thank you, guys. And for those who participated in the public meetings on Hercules Park, one of the um, comments that came up uh, was on uh, disc golf. We could not fit it in Hercules, but we are going to fit it into Zephyr Park. There's enough room there. So our next person, Kim Barker. <coughs> Hi, I'm Kim Barker. I live at 14232 17th Street in Dade City, and I am a local real estate broker. I do a lot of business in Zephyr Hills. I grew up in Zephyr Hills. I have a lot of very fond childhood memories at Zephyr Park, playing tennis and racquetball there, walking uh, the Zephyr Lake with my grandpa taking my daughter there and my niece and lots of their friends uh, to play when they were younger. Um, that park has, it is a diamond in the rough, I agree with Eileen. It has maybe the most potential of all the city's properties that they own that they could develop into um, parks and amenities. Um, it's, I, I will say, um, I'm very glad that you're prioritizing the, the city council and parks advisory board is prioritizing Zephyr Park. We're looking at a master plan that was done in 2016. And, you know, it's just kind of sat around and nothing has happened with it. You know, there have been other projects that have been prioritized over Zephyr Park. And I think that's, that's disappointing. And I'd like you know that that to stop. I'm, I want Zephyr Park to be priority number one going forward. Um, good parks uh, make great communities, and they they make healthier communities. They also uh, increase the property values of all the surrounding residences. Um, and if any place in Zephyr Hills needs it, it's right there on Fifth Avenue uh, downtown in our historic 
district. Um, our city's identity is its history. You know, we, that shouldn't be the last priority. It should be the top priority. We should be doing that first, but there were, Hercules has not broken ground yet, but in my opinion, that is gonna have less economic impact than Zephyr Park will have when they renovate it. So I'd like to see the advisory board and the city take more of a utilitarian approach whenever they're allocating funds and um, advancing initiatives as it relates to park and amenities. Um, the utilitarian approach in economics and government says, you know, you spend your dollars where they're gonna have the widest impact and, and improve the lives of the most amount of people, right? Like a rising tide should float all boats. And as the city has grown and we've lost like the quiet, sleepy town that used to be a safe place for kids to play because there's traffic and you know there's more homelessness and things like that that happen as populations increase, it's even more important that the city prioritizes creating intentional spaces that are safe for our kids to play. <clears throat> Sorry, I, I have more to say. <laughs> okay. um, so, um, I'm also very proud to see all the people that turned out tonight. I do understand this is one of many meetings. I would like the city advisory board and the council to recognize that everybody works and you may not be able to come to every single meeting that happens, but it doesn't mean that you don't care. This room is full because people do care. So if the next meeting isn't as full, it doesn't mean you know, that, that the people here don't care about what's happening at the park. Um, I would also say that no matter what money comes into the city, whether it be from property tax dollars, penny for PASCO, or state appropriation funds, if it comes into the city, the city is still the steward of those funds, which means they need to direct them in a manner that affects and improves the lives of the most amount of people. This park is a great opportunity to do that. So finally, I'll say my suggestions, um, things I'd like to see. I'd like the city to designate a director of Parks and Rec. Uh, I mean, a full-time person that is you know, d devoted to that. Um, definitely would like to see a bandstand and uh, amphitheater for, uh, for festivals and things of that nature. Um, really want to see unique offerings there. Uh, we don't need redundancies where we've got the same thing at Hercules as we have at Veterans Park that we have at Zephyr Park. Let's make all of, all of our offerings unique in each space, please. And um, last but not least, I really, really want to see in my lifetime a community pool or aquatic center in Zephyr Hills or East Pasco County, please. Thank you. Go ahead and address it. Okay, I, I would do want, Billy has asked me to address the pool issue. Um, the city, met with the county we had a joint city county meeting a couple months ago the county is working on an east pasco regional park that will include a pool they committed to um that they want to do that they are looking for a location 
It will be between here and Dade City, is what they're looking at right now. So the county will take on the pool, not the city, right? I'm uh, Madonna Wise. I am a local historian. My address is 32907 Leonard Road in San Antonio. No, I don't live in Zephyr Hills. However, my husband and I lived here for 55 years. And I taught in every one of the schools here. In fact, I taught the mayor, one of the council members. Let's see, who else? There are many others. Um, and I really felt the need to come tonight. I am a member of the Zephyr Hills Historical Society and also the Pasco County Historical Association. I've been president of that for a number of years. Um, I've written 13 books on local history. Um, I also wrote the grant for the water park. And let me tell you, <laughs> I took my uh, four-year-old grandson, um, James, and my five-year-old grandson, Sutton, there about eight months ago. And we were all hyped up, and they were hearing about grandma and all this stuff. That place is a mess. I don't know what happened to it. I'm sorry I left it because I wrote the grant with Rotary and I remember when we dedicated it, it was beautiful. And um, we scrounged up the money, Nelson Ryman, and a whole bunch of people contributed to it. And it really needs some help. In fact, Dade City, where I'm more affiliated with at the moment, asked me recently about their water park and I said, I wouldn't repeat the mistake. And I, I'm just being honest with you. But one of the things I wanted to tell you was when we wrote that grant, we wrote it because of Coach Clemens. Johnny Clemens. Johnny Clemens was the patriarch of this town. He's right under Howard B. Jeffries uh, in my book. And I, I'm serious about that. And we put in that grant that the swimming pool was there. They had swimming lessons every summer. I'm not here to advocate for that, because I realize there are liability issues and all kinds of things. But he needs to be recognized. There were a number of other coaches that we know from Zephyr Hills High School that impacted this town. They just didn't impact sports, they impacted character. And I don't know if he was included. I sent the Hercules Park uh, pictures to uh, Kevin Weiss. So they've got the history from Hercules for me, but um, nobody ever asked me about that. And I thought it was important that you know that. Um, they did summer camps there every year. And it was just, you cannot talk to somebody that's, and I see some smiles, right? <laughs> you knew Johnny. Um, you can't talk to anybody that's 65 or older, maybe even younger, because Lance remembers him, I'm sure, too, um, that wasn't in, impacted by Johnny Clemens. Um, the second thing is, we need open space. That park, if you look at historical postcards, it's an enormous lake. It's not a little tiny lake like it is now, or small lake. It was enormous. And I was at a meeting this morning, I did a presentation with the PEO group. Um, my friend Lynn Timmons was there, and she shared about her father who came here as a tin can tourist. Excuse me, <clears throat> I'm out of breath. Um, 
in the rebranding efforts a few months ago. I brought that up. It's not popular. But I'll tell you, when I was teaching history at Zephyr Hills High School, I always started out by asking the class, who was born in Zephyr Hills? It was maybe two people. I think that is an enormous strength for this community. It, it, melting pot is no longer a politically correct term, but we have a rich heritage of people. Um, we even have a profound example of, you know, Howard B. Jeffries, <laughs> he was a union soldier, a, a union captain, and he recruited union Civil War soldiers from all over the country, even the Alaskan Territory, and he brought them here. Every year I would say to my history class, did you know that really Zephyr Hills was settled by the Union. And they would go, oh, Miss Wise, no, that can't be possible. But it's very true. Isn't that profound? We, had, we have the GAR Hall, and it's the Grand, uh, the Grand Army of the Republic. And it was the biggest uh, special interest group in the country. They impacted, I hate to say it, but it was almost the equivalent of the NRA today in their significance in this country. And they held yearly encampments here. We have to, in my opinion, as a historian, we have to remember Johnny Clemens because his sweat and tears were there. I can even tell you stories about near drownings that happened there. Um, and we also need to acknowledge the tin can tourists. Dade City, let me once say one other thing. They made an edict probably about 1950. They had a huge tin can tourist population and a tourist center. And they said, no, we're not doing it anymore. But Zephyr Hills did not do that. That is our history and our heritage. We can rebrand it all we want to, but that's who we are. And that melting pot and that diversity is a real strength. Um, I want to say we do need to look at staffing. I agree with Erica and some others. We need to find out a way um, to monitor that beautiful park. So thank you for letting me spout off. Okay, that's the last person that has signed up. Is there anybody else that didn't hear what they thought they wanted to hear that needs to speak? Beverly Holmes, I'm uh, 393-246 Avenue. I'm a newcomer. I've only been here eight years, but I've joined the Marine Corps League, which is named after a veteran of the Marine Corps who is also a victim of 9-11. Don't get me started on that, I'll be crying. At any rate, we have our ceremonies there in November, uh, November on 9-11 uh, at the park. And we also have a uh, Memorial Day service at the cemetery, and we have a Veterans Day service at the park. We would like to see some more participation. One thing is that I noticed, because I did have difficulty sometimes walking, is the distance we have to travel from the parking. And I realize it's a park, it's a walking park, <laughs> you know, but, but that was one issue. And the, but the other thing is, if maybe we could get a sign that's out, on, out front on Fifth Avenue, a tasteful sign, not like one of those bright blow up, you know, lights flashing signs, but something where people using it for an event 
could advertise it to say, hey, today, 9-11, come back to the flagpole. Uh, we're having a ceremony. We'd like to see you there. Um, it's very important to us to do the ceremony. We do it every year. We have, we've had politicians that come and speak. We've had city, the city, the mayor has come and spoke, you know, at past ones. So we'd like to see some kind of signage, maybe. Something with a nice little rocks, like you're going to put on the bottom of the <laughs> pavilions you're putting up. You know, that would be nice. And uh, the other thing was it came up just because of other people talking. I, I hate the fact that there's no public ballparks around here that people can, kids can't go and play, play a pickup game. They don't have a backstop. They don't have bases to run around. Well, that veterans park that's sitting out there in the sun, if they can't put a garden there, put a ballpark there. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, Gail. Gail, when it's done, I have a couple of questions. Yeah. Okay. Hi, I'm Joyce Burgess. My address is 38228 4th Avenue. So I'm actually on the corner of 4th and 4th, right across the street from the park. I've been there for 20 years. I've seen it ups and downs, crazy things, better things, yeah, a lot of things. Um, my main thing currently right now is the water park and the amount of people that go there and the safety of the kids running around in the parking lot and on that little side patch there playing ball or whatever. People use um, 4th Street as their cut through from 301 to get over to 5th Avenue. And they go fairly fast. And um, I've seen a lot of kids on bikes and things like that almost being hit by cars. So I didn't know if maybe a suggestion is to put some speed bumps in the road in that section um, between the curve and to the fifth street there, just to slow the cars down or have maybe a bigger <coughs> police presence there to be able to do that. That would be good too. <laughs> Hi there, my name is Richard Wingo. I live at 3430 Lanier Road in Zephyr Hills, Florida. Um, pretty much everybody's touched on everything I wanted to say. The veterans, pathway, the tennis courts, the bathrooms. One thing I feel like was left out is the homeless situation. <coughs> the homeless situation in this town has been overlooked for many, many years, and that's why it's there. So I feel like if we ignore it, we're not going to get anything done with that. So I feel like some of this money should be spent in figuring that out. Just saying. If you'll just say your name and address, okay? My name's Lawrence Vickstrom. My address is 38516 Goodland Drive, Zephyrios, Florida, 33540. Um, I just want to bring up I run an organization called Food and Fellowship. We've been at Shepherd's Park for almost three years. We feed out of there. We feed the local displaced and the local people in need. Um, 
I see more people that are in need than I do actually see people that are displaced at our park. So there's a lot of people that's going hungry, and if we weren't there, they wouldn't go without on a Sunday because there's nobody else in our town that actually provides a, a meal on that day, a hot meal. So I just want to address that there, there is a need for like a community center or somewhere that we can actually go and maybe rent a play space or provide a meal under our sheltering if we don't really want people to feed in our parks. Um, and, and I understand the issue of maybe the blight or, or the people don't want the displaced in our town. But the thing is, I was homeless in this town. I was displaced in this town for two years. I was displaced in, in Detroit for seven years. I've overcome my issues. So not everybody that's, that's on the street can't overcome. The thing is, is when you're on the streets for so long, you lose your way and drugs become an issue. And so when people look at people that are on the streets with drugs or anything, you don't know the inside issues that they're dealing with. They could have been abused. Any number of issues could have happened as a child and he never was able to overcome them issues. I hear a lot about, and I've seen a lot about taking the displaced out of the parks and getting them out of our town. But the thing is, is what, has, what have we done as a community to sit there and support these people to overcome their issues. We stand here and say, that's not my issue, that's not our, our problem. But it is our problem because we are a community. And, and, and I see a community that loves and cares because I look around this room and we care about our community. And if we care about a community, what are we doing to motivate people to move forward? I would say the majority of us go to church. What are we doing inside of our church buildings to sit there and have our church to sit there and support one person in our town. I'm not saying everybody adopt everybody, but what, what are we doing in our community to adopt one person? We got 50 churches in between Dade City and Wesley Chapel. And we took our church, just one church, to adopt one person to support them to move forward. If you stop and look, we would have 50 less people on our streets. Thank you for letting me share. Um, Beth Aker, uh, 974-4, um, U.S. Highway 301. So for all of those that have uh, the issue with the homeless, um, for the last two years, we have been meeting at the Genesis Center. We have a meeting every single month. And many of our wonderful people, Stacy and Nick and Dr. Spina, um, have been there. And that is something that we're working so hard to address and to overcome. And it's not that they are in your backyard. They're in our backyard, and they're human beings, and they need to be treated as such. And I understand that there are those that are out there that are unfortunately going to remain homeless. And I understand that there are those that are out there will remain on drugs. But that's not everybody, and everybody deserves life. And so if you want to get involved, instead of complaining about it and talking about it, put your feet where your mouth is and come to a meeting and say, I want to be part of the solution. I don't want to be part of the problem. You can find me, you can reach out to Nick, and we'll be able to help you. Second thing is, um, 
the police department. Um, my staff has had the opportunity and we took the opportunity and we did it because we wanted to know because we are on the front lines of doing what many of you think is a problem, but we are actually out there doing the work, is we had the opportunity to ride along with the police officers. And let me tell you, just in four hours, nine phone calls that these police officers had to go out on because somebody dialed 911 and oops, I didn't mean to do that. So if you think they're not doing their job, you couldn't be further from the truth. They're out there every day. We have to put on bulletproof vests to do this right along with them. But to really see what it is that they do on a daily basis would blow your mind. Many of you got to see what happened last week when they were able to salvage um, a very dire situation and the gentleman ended up living. So. They work really, really hard, and they are understaffed, but you look around the world, the country, and every police department is understaffed. So we as a community need to do better, and this opportunity here, that's why we're here. Use your voice, use it proactively, don't be uh, denigrating to someone else, but just be proactive, make a difference where you live, make a difference in your community, and um, get involved. My name is Chris Tester, 38021 8th Avenue. Um, my wife and I have co-founded the school on First Street, uh, the Academy of Spectrum Diversity. It's for special needs children. The reason why I bring that up at this meeting is that we are in walking distance from Zephyr Park. We've already had our kids over on the, the tennis courts. Um, we've actu actually had uh, several PE um, modules based around tennis that we walked or drove them over to the tennis court. So I appreciate the fact that they're staying here. The one other thing I want to say is that I hope that there is some recommendation that there are, there are um, the special needs population in this area is gigantic. If you don't know it, I can tell you that we have currently uh, a full campus and we have about 235 kids on a waiting list to get in. That's just Zephyr Hills, Wesley Chapel, Dade City area. I want to make sure that there's some recommendation when the playgrounds go up that adaptive and inclusive recreation is something that you take into serious consideration in this area. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Anybody else? All right, we're going to turn it back over to the chair of the Parks and Rec Advisory Committee. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't see you. There's two. Oh, Mr. Stone, I'll get you next, okay? Just say your name and address. Hi, my name is Stacy Hester. My address is 20930 Hunter Hill Drive, Dade City, Florida. I am the founder of Solo Moms Recovering and Healing. I grew up in this city. My family's been in here five generations. And I'm going to tell you, my heart is for my city. My heart is for the people of our city. And the land, like it's not, it, these buildings drive me nuts, but I do love the growth some. Um, anyways, I, I also am um, on the advisory board for Safe Families for Children. I have been serving in these streets for the past 10 years with single moms that struggle with addiction, mental health, abuse, and even human trafficking. I... I started and launched our, our first Bible study in Zephyr Park. And I had 22 moms show up with over 60 kids. And that was for a free meal, some childcare, somebody to watch them run all over these playgrounds. 
and just give them a word of God, a fresh word and a word of encouragement. That park means so much to so many people. And we do need free stuff for our kids. We need things that these families in, in poverty can't afford. We have to think about the people that are, are here. We've been here. Our heritage is here. We're pushing out our people. I know so many people my age, even, even younger, that's being pushed out because they can't even afford to live here. I have moms living in their cars and in the woods with their children because they can no longer afford to live here. Like, they can at least go to the park and be family. But it's way, this, this needs to be way more than just a park situation. It does, we do need to talk about community. Because there's so many displaced because they don't have family. And I grew up in this community that was family. On Sunday mornings, yes, we went to church. But we also had family dinner after church. There were, there were things in the park that were communal. This, this whole community was so woven together with love and compassion and generosity. And I think we need to get back there. But the first place to get back there is communication. There is no communication between us. None. Absolutely none. And that's where it starts. And it starts by hearing the hearts of your people. Not what is going to look good for the city on the outside because if we don't start taking care of the inside the whole city is going to rot down and we already have ruins so i i yes we do need upgrades we need good things at this park we need a place where the boys and girls clubs can be we need do you know in pa east pasco we have no resources on this side whatsoever if we could have a small area where we had wraparound services so these families didn't have to go all the way out to holiday to try to get their kids back that's what we need we need something that is going to foster the poor and bring them up out of it but also foster the elderly foster our veterans a place where they can connect and be community to one another if nobody else wants to be their community. That's what we need. So I'm just, I, I agree with all these other things everybody loves, but I, I, I love our city, and I just hope that everybody, including the board, um, just really hears the heart of the people and does what's right and stewards our city and our money well. My name is Al Stone. My address is 5101 Fifth Street. It's right on the corner of Fifth Street and Fourth Avenue. I I listened to you with uh, you know the same thing that I thought I'd address. The people oh, there's a lot of people that walk to the park, and they'll walk across Fifth Street, down Fourth Avenue to the park. They get down to the park and they have a good time and and head back, maybe go to the village inn. They go right past my place. I've got a tree carving in my yard that uh, kind of keep, and they'll walk by there and they'll be caught in the fool and have a fun. And they pay no attention to the traffic on Fifth Street. 
and then walk right out into the traffic. And I can't tell you the number of times I've been sitting on my porch and watch, watch people, uh, watch cars dodge people and watch people dodge cars. Just within the last two or three weeks, there was a, a mail truck that ran over. And I say, when I ran, ran over, I literally mean ran over a guy on a bicycle right, in the, and right there at the intersection. And it's, it's because there's so much, so much traffic going up and down Fifth Street. And, and they don't necessarily go 20, 25 miles an hour. I've seen some there with traveling 50, 60 miles an hour. There was an officer sitting on my porch one time. I had, we just, I had called about this very issue. And the officer was sitting on my porch. We were talking when a car went up by and had been going 60, at least 60 miles an hour. By the time she got down to the car, turned around and went back, that car was gone. She couldn't catch it. So what I would think, we, one of the possibilities that we might might do would be a speed bump on 4th or where her house is because I can be working in my yard um, and, and hear the cars going up and down 4th Street and spinning tires and, and just bellowing out through there in the same way on 5th Street. And 5th is even more because they don't have a curve. They can start right down where 5th Street comes and goes right up to the First Baptist Church. And, and, and I mean, they can be hitting by the time they get to 4th Avenue, they can be hitting 40, 50 miles an hour and still come to a stop when they get to Highway 54. So I'd, recommend, I'd, I'd like to suggest the possibility of a, a speed, bump, speed bump somewhere on 5th, 5th Street around my house or the, right there in that area to slow that traffic down so that, that the kids, when they're walking, I say kids and adults and bicycle riders, when they're walking back and or riding their bikes back and forth on Fourth Avenue to the Village Inn or wherever, they you know the the the, the possibility of them being struck by a vehicle is reduced. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Scott. Okay, I think we've got everybody that wanted to make a comment. I just want one more comment before I turn it back over to the advisory board. Again, thank you for coming out. Please, you have, there are multiple city employees in here. You can find us on the city's website. Our city councilmen and CRA board members are here. If you hear something, if something comes up, good or bad, if you go off, you know, you on your travels and you go to a park and you see something that would be great, bring, take a picture of it and send it to us. Help us create the best park that we possibly can. Let's, it's been said multiple times about communication. Let's communicate. Let's make sure that we get the best park that we possibly can for the city of Zephyr Hills. I tell you what, Kevin, why don't you answer that question? Kevin Weiss is our, is our public information officer. And I'm sure he'll have some ideas for us. I'll just hand out my business cards, email me, and I'll forward them to the right people. Does that work? Thank you, sir. All right. Chairman, take us away. First of all, I cannot commend you enough for the passion that you showed for your community. I moved here 30 years ago, and that's why I stayed the passion of the people for this town. So give yourselves a round of applause because you guys were amazing. 
Now, Gail, you said the um, appropriation request was for $5 million. That is correct. That's okay. what we have before the legislature right now, correct, city manager? Okay, Billy, chances on that appropriation? I'll let you know when I find out. Okay. In the event, God forbid, that it doesn't happen, are we right back to square one, or is there city money that can go towards this? Um, that's some, there are dollars. That's something that would have to be discussed during the budget process. So there are some ARPA funds that are unallocated at, at currently, and there are some Penny for Pasco funds, uh, you know, future dollars that are unallocated at this time. So that would be a discussion during the budget cycle. And in the 22-23 the budget that we're in now, there were funds, parks funds that were allocated for different projects. What are they and where are we with them? Um, there were penny funds and ARPA funds that were allocated to Hercules Park in the amount of round numbers, uh, $4.3 million dollars. Uh, for Hercules, there was $300,000 that was allocated for um, Zephyr Park for design. And there was 200, you got to give me heads ball up on these it. things. You can ballpark it. Uh, $200,000 that was kind of like general park upkeep. I know we've done some sidewalks out at Cruisin'. We're looking to... Um, put a shade structure over the cooking um, area by the, the um, concession stand. Uh, we did some renovations at uh, Gunner Paul Park, uh, the dog park. And I think there's some dollars, $175,000 that are allocated for a uh, playground. Um, I can tell you I don't know that $175,000 will cover a playground. Um, with the state of the economy that we're at. Oh. I think that's all the dollars okay. for, that are allocated towards parks. Nothing for, Im I mean, you, everything's upkeep for cruising, but nothing for improvement? Not for this year, no. Okay. Not for 22-23. Um, I'm a little league coach, so I'm over there two nights a week, and I see every night I'm over, when, I'm, when I'm there, there are probably... 300 kids a week, easily. And Jan, you may have total of almost 500 kids out for Little League this year. So uh, yeah, the, the, the parents and the kids are using cruising. And what the good thing is they come to practice there. So on their off nights or on the weekend, they bring the kids back out there because they like it. But they, they'd love to see some improvements out there and, and the, uh, some of the areas out there. So if that can be incorporated in the 23-24 budget. Or some of those ARPA funds that aren't used could be shoveled over there. That would be. Yeah, that, that'll be a conversation that's had um, with council. I will say, just for a clarification point, and I know Ms. Spivey um, said this, but Zephyr Hills does not charge nope. for the use of the fields. The $18,000 that is charged is charged by Pasco, Pasco County, County for San Pasco. Yes. So Zephyr Hills does not charge for the yes. fields. I just want to make and sure. We're, that and that we're was, grateful. Yeah, no, no, no. I just wanted to make sure that that was clear <laughs> to the audience. And um, if the five million comes through, that has to go specifically for Zephyr Park. That can't be allocated anywhere else. Is that correct? correct? Yeah. The, the appropriation request was for Zephyr Park specific. So any of those dollars, any of those appropriation dollars, uh, are specific to the request. I mean, it gets 
down to if, if we don't ask for the purchase of land, we can't purchase land with it. If we don't ask for design dollars, it's only for construction. So those <laughs> dollars, the short answer is, if that appropriation comes through, yes, it's only for Zephyr Park. Okay. Any other questions? We're good. Now you're talking about next steps. It says on the screen, what is the next steps from, from the design standpoint? I don't know if you're asking us or we should be asking you what next steps are. Yeah. Um, did I turn it off? No. What next steps will be, we'll take your comments, we'll go back, we'll put together some concepts, we'll do this again, we'll uh, get your input on new ideas for the park and how the park is laid out. All right? We'll see you soon.